you believe. So let's go back to Matthew 14 again. We're going to start there tonight. And we've got, we'll cover a few things we've already said and then move ahead quickly to the rest of the material tonight. And uh, it is important that we think right about health and healing. We just sang about it. Thank you, Jessica, again for writing that. A complete redemption belongs to us. You know, when you, when you begin to understand covenant, you begin to understand redemption, you begin to understand healing. Healing is not some addendum that God thought about at the last minute. Oh, yeah, maybe we'll throw in a little bit of that. I mean, that's just totally anti-scriptural to think like that. Our healing is just as much a part, if you understand where I'm coming from, just as much a part of our redemption as our new birth. It just deals with a different part of our being. But this is why Jesus provided a complete redemption for us. We're not trying to get him to do anything. He already did what he did, and that was included. (laughs) <laughs> you know, being a dad and a granddad sometimes, uh, you know, you get toys at Christmas for your kids and batteries not included. And you talk about a bummer if you hadn't thought through and didn't get some batteries already. You're really at a stumped area. You're trying to find stuff to take batteries out of to get their stuff to work. But see, when God redeemed us, he put batteries included. <laughs> so it would work right. It would function immediately. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to quote a couple of people here and, and maybe some unknown people too, but uh, Brother Hagin said this, I rely more, I'm talking about health and healing for us, we're building into ourselves a belief system. See, you're believing something all the time. There's no such thing. I was going, I was going into a store today and the Lord dealing with me. <laughs> There's no such thing as non-believers. There's no such, there's no such creature. No, there's unbelievers and believers, but there's not a non-believer. Every person on this planet is, has a belief system. And that system is built into them by whatever they've heard and seen and participated in and allowed to become a part of their being. That's, that, that's their belief system. Right, wrong, or indifferent, good, bad, and ugly. And most of it is wrong and most of it's ugly, <laughs> typically. And when it comes to the Bible, you put the Bible up against the belief system of the average person, and it's just totally two different creatures. And even the believer who gets born again, uh, his spirit becomes reborn when you get born again, or you get what we call saved, but the born again experience is when your spirit is reborn. Your spirit doesn't need healed, it needs recreated. And so when you get saved, you ask Jesus in your heart. He comes in and he, gives, he imparts to you eternal life. And uh, you become a new creature and you're born again or born from above, the Greek says. But that's as far as it goes. The only part of your thinking that's changed is the fact you've submitted to the fact that Jesus died for you. And all the rest of the Bible, and especially the New Covenant, you've got to learn that. And that's called a process of renewing the mind and, and uh, meditating on the Word and being a doer of it and acting on it piece by piece by piece by piece. So we're talking about something here that's incredibly important because your life right now is a composite of what you believe. What you, your belief system is in right now and the way you think about life and the way you talk about things and the way you act on things whether that's the Lord the devil or you or whatever 
You understand what I'm saying? All of that and me too, it's just a composite of my belief system working itself out in my everyday living. We need to understand that. Everybody has a belief system. But what we need to do is get in God's belief system concerning health and healing. It is possible you could live the rest of your life out. Once you get this established in you, and me too, and then walk in it day by day, you don't get it established and then forget it. You know, you're, you, let's just face it, you know, intake of food is going to be... Uh, critical for you the rest of your life I don't care if they come up with new ways to do it that's more economical and better nutrition but you're going to put something in here and it's going to affect you physically and you're going to need something in there are you going to swivel swivel up and you know shrink up and die that's going to be a part of your lifestyle and so let's understand once we get the word and we get established on health and healing we're going to have to continue to feed it into our spirit continue to renew our mind talk right think right believe right because that belief system if left untweaked and unkept after a while begins to break down says that you know what happens to a building that's neglected it begins to decay seen it all the time seen it for years and years and people run away from good word churches where they're getting the word and after a while you see them the way they look the way they talk the way they act their life is off center they, they don't even think like they used to think. They don't behave like they used to behave. They don't, they don't have the blessing on the life they used to have. They neglected some things out of just neglect and poor judgment and poor decisions and nobody challenging them and them not being around somebody to keep all that flowing and keeping it straight. And they started taking in other spiritual nutrition that's not good for their system. And it begins to erode the, 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 the belief system they had that was producing good fruit and starts producing other things or a mixture at first. I've just paid attention. I mean, everybody has a belief system. There's no such thing as a non-believer. When you say that, I think I know what you mean. That person doesn't believe in Christ Jesus. But they're not a non-believer. They're an unbeliever in this. But they're believing in something other than this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Brother Hagin says, I rely more on my love walk than my confession of the word to live in health. Now that ought to say volumes to us. Here's a man that lived almost 70 years without any sickness or disease that could lay hold on him and stay. We just listened to him last night, Pastor and I on a DVD from uh, the 2003 uh, service, one of the services at Dr. Dufresne's. And he, it was in March, and he went home in September of that year, I believe. And he said, I haven't had a headache since 1933. He said, I've had some marvelous opportunities. And, of course, he mentioned that symptoms occasionally had come and attached themselves to him. And he said, no, you don't, no, you don't, no, you don't. And it left him. But you know, you'd have to be him for that to work. What I mean is you have to be, your mind has to be renewed but you start where you're at. But here's a, guy, a man that lived almost 70 years without any sickness and disease that could stay on him. I rely more on my love walk than on my confession of the word to live in hell. You're not saying don't confess the word. He just said I'm relying more on my love walk. So here's a key I think to walking in health for sure is walking in love. I don't mean you love your wife like that. You should love your wife but you should love people and you walk in love and mercy and compassion 
forgiveness, all that is entailed in walking in love. All right. Number two, talking about some things here that we've thought about and stuff. Jesus sought out the sinner, but the sick came to Jesus to be healed. You know, I don't know if you ever thought of that. And there were a few, there were a few, a few isolated instances where he got in a group of people and he did have a word of knowledge or something like that. But not everybody's going to be healed by supernatural gifts of the Spirit, my friend. And more people got healed even in Jesus' ministry through his teaching ministry than anything else. Anyway, praise the Lord. But he did operate in the Holy Ghost. But what I'm trying to say is Jesus sought out the sinner, but the sick came to him. This is the reason why some people never get it. They don't get where they can be around the Word, Jesus, the Word. And uh, therefore they stay sick. Many have heard the message of Jesus and salvation and have refused to receive him as Savior. But that doesn't change my position on salvation. Likewise, many have failed to receive healing, but that doesn't change my position on healing. You understand what we're saying there? As Pastor Nancy said that. Yeah, many have uh, you know, been preached about Jesus, and stuff, but they turned it down. They refused it. But she said, that doesn't change my position that Jesus is still a Savior and a, and a, and a, and a Redeemer that would take you if you'd respond correctly. And in the same way, many have refused healing, want to argue about it and fuss about it and bring up all kinds of strange questions instead of just getting in a church where those questions, I'm adding all this, where your questions couldn't be answered over a period of time and learn something that maybe you didn't know everything right up front and so forth and so on. All right, we're here in, in Matthew 14. Let me read our, this is our foundation scripture, we might call it. We try to start with it every service on this series, building a belief system of health and healing. Verse 34, Matthew 14, And when they were gone over, uh, they came into the land of Gennesaret, a particular location. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, you ought to underline that term, had knowledge of him. They sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all, again this confirms what we just said, they brought to him all that were diseased. And we could take from that and read into that that if they went into all that country, they didn't limit it to a certain area. And not only that, they didn't limit what people had, whether they could come and get healed. They just went out everywhere and got everybody that was sick that would respond and brought them to Jesus. And verse 36, And besought him, that is Jesus, that they might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched... Notice that as many as touched were made perfectly whole. I wanted you to see that. As many as touched were made perfectly whole. How do we touch Jesus? We touch him by faith. We're touching his word tonight. His word is touching you through my lips and this preaching and this time of ministry of the word. And then we respond to him by reaching back to him and saying, I receive it. I'll have a, a prayer line at the end or a ministry line, whatever, maybe more a ministry line we call it, or I can lay hands on you if you choose to do that. And your point of contact is when we lay hands on you, believe you receive it. To believe you receive it and you shall have it. When shall you have it? You'll have it after you believe you receive it. When shall you believe you receive it? Before you have it. This is what the mystery of faith is all about right there. When do you believe you have it? After. When do you have it? After you believe you receive it. And when do you believe you receive it? Before you have it. Before you have it. 
You have to believe you receive it in order to have it. <laughs> the habit's going to come later. In manifestation, we might say. But you have to believe that you receive when you pray or when hands are laid on you or whatever operation we're uh, moving into. You know, there's different ways to be healed. But there has to come a point of contact. I said there has to come a point when you start believing that you receive. Well, when I feel better, I'll believe it. No, you'll never get it then because that's not what the Bible teaches about faith and healing. All right. Now, let's go back to Exodus 15. We, we, went, we studied this the other day and went into it a little, but I want to go a little deeper and then move into <coughs> excuse me, some new material with you tonight. <coughs> we uh, mentioned to you, I think it was Sunday night, could have been Sunday morning, but anyway, this scripture <coughs> in Exodus 15, 26, as soon as God brought them out of Egypt, which is bringing, it's a shadow of bringing people out of the world into the kingdom of God. And so we can see a parallel here. When we get born again, God brings us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. And the very first thing He did after they crossed the Red Sea was give them a covenant of healing to say healing goes with this. I not only can deliver you, and we don't have time to study all this out, but He brought them out with silver and gold and with joy. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, people, people have misinterpreted things when they came out because they said, well, that's a type of heaven. But heaven don't have enemies. They had to possess the land. <laughs> they had giants to fight and stuff like that. They had to fight the good fight of faith in that dispensation. And so this is a type of being born again and coming into Christ. It's a type of it, not the reality like where we're at. But what I'm trying to show you is God included healing in it immediately so they could be healed and whole. And it says in the Bible, there was not one feeble one among them. Now, you know, I've studied the history of this. There's several million Hebrews there. And there was, we know Moses was, what, uh, 80 or, uh, yeah, 80-something, whatever, you know, coming out. Joshua and them, there's some elderly people. And there was probably some pregnant ladies and some newborns and some preschoolers and some 30-ish married couples and some... 40-ish people and 50-ish people and 60-ish people and 70s. Teenagers, yeah, college-age kids and different things like that. It's a big group of people, several million strong, but they came. there was not one feeble one among them. I wonder what would happen if a church got a hold of that. And we decided we're all going to walk in love and we're all going to walk by faith. And we're all going to walk in the covenant. And we're going to realize my life is not my own. I don't have the right to think anything I want, do anything I want, talk any way I want, hate somebody in the body or not get along with somebody. You're in serious trouble. Not only are you jeopardizing yourself, you may be jeopardizing some more that could go on here because you want to be selfish. Just something to think about. And so we're talking here about healing. I mean, healing's important. I can't, I told this Sunday, I can't think of something any more important to talk about. I mean, the new birth, of course, but once you're saved, you, you, you have the right, and if you don't get healed, you won't be here long eventually. I mean, if it's, it's a strong enough disease. All right, now here he tells them, Exodus 15, 26. And he said, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and do what's right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put 
And it's unfortunate. This is an English Bible here. I will put, that word put's not in there. It's the Hebrew word means allow. I will allow none of these diseases upon you, you, which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Again, that's a little misleading. We would read it more in the Hebrew that I've allowed to come on them. And the only reason he allowed it to come on them is because they wouldn't comply with his covenant. And, he be, and Pharaoh and his group began to harass the people of God. And eventually God will stand up for his kin. <laughs> his kids, you know. All right. But now notice here, you're going to have to listen to his voice. And then you're going to have to do the written word. There's two things here. But this is what I wanted you to see, the latter part. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. He's not the Lord that was our healer. He's not the Lord that's going to be our healer. He said, I am the Lord your healer. Here's some other translations of this verse. I, the Lord, am your healer. Here's Isaac Lesser, who was uh, his translation. I have one in my office, a copy. Somebody got me on the... uh, eBay or something a couple of years ago, you know, it's out of print. Isaac Lesser, he's a Hebrew, and he was the only man that ever wrote at, the, at this point back a few years ago, there may be some newer people, that the Orthodox Jewish Church received as actual, scripturally correct translation of the Bible. You know, they don't, they're not believing the New Testament, so they're reading Hebrew. And he says, I am the Lord... I, the Lord, am thy physician. Here's another one. I am the Lord, your life giver. I, Jehovah, here's another man, uh, uh, Robert Young. He was another one that was outstanding Bible scholar, especially in Hebrew and Greek. But he says, I, Jehovah, am healing thee. The Goodspeed translation says, I, the Lord, make you immune to disease. You know, we see almost every weekly, I see, you know, people on TV and they're telling people get this shot and that shot. And I understand that. And if you have babies, you need to get your babies immunized. Is that the right word? But you know what I mean. Get, get them their shots if they need it and things like that. And um, it says, I am the Lord that make you immune. But there's a way to get into this eventually in God where he makes you immune to stuff. You've built into that belief system such a strategic health, soundness, completeness, wholeness, life of God flowing through you that when stuff just gets in proximity, the life throws it back. You can get there. You don't want to go get there overnight, but you can get there. You can start tonight. (laughs) And then Brother Knox, he says, I am the Lord which bring the only health. What a translation. I'm only bringing health. I don't have anything else to bring but that. We said Sunday, he, he, he took the sickness away. He didn't bring the sickness to people. He took it away. We just sang it. He took it away. He took it away. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, let's look to Isaiah 53 here. We're talking about Jesus as our healer. And we're talking about, is it the will of God to heal everyone? And the answer is, a, a yes, of course, it's His will to heal everyone because it's His will for humanity to receive all that He did. And in dying on the cross and bearing our sins, He died on the cross and bore our sicknesses and our diseases and our pains 
And not only that, he bore our insecurities and all our hang-ups and whatever else and rejection and depression and all of those mental things that you could imagine. He bore it all. And here in, in Isaiah 53, verse uh, uh, 3 here, he is despised. This is written about Jesus. He's despised and rejected a man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And, and we hid, as it were, our, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely, notice that, surely, not maybe, but surely he hath borne our griefs. And the Hebrew here says, and I'm going to give you some other translations in a minute, the word for grief is the word in the Hebrew, sickness and disease. It should have been translated that way. That's the real word. The word griefs was put in there by the translators, but the actual Hebrew word is sickness and disease. He, he bore, he hath borne, which is past tense, our, I like to say my, sickness and disease, and carried my, and the word sorrows in the King James is the word pains in the Hebrew in the original language. So in, in not only that, the word born there means he bore them away. Has that connotation in the Hebrew. He took them away from us. He took my sicknesses, your sicknesses, your, and he bore them away from you. You know, isn't that really, you know, if you think about it, this ought to strike home, you know, what we're trying to do the best we know with terrorism. We're going to take it to them and shove it down their throat. You know, you're not bringing that over here. <laughs> isn't that the whole thing of the Office of Homeland Security and all the people at the airport and special things that we may not know about that's uh, scrutinized all worldwide that may be, you know, secret stuff that we all the x-ray machines and the intel and, you know, intelligence agencies. And we're going to, we want to take it to you. You want to blow somebody up? Blow yourself up right there in your house. They'll fix you. You're going to bring in that here. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what anti-terrorism is all about? I thought about some of those people. Such chickens do the stuff they do but anyway Jesus bore our, he's not trying to he already bore it away for us he bore all the sickness and disease and the pain you say well pastor I'm still dealing with stuff well we've got to renew our minds to this we've got to get established in this and if we talk about it enough like when we were younger in denominational churches we knew without a doubt that Jesus bore our sins we knew just matter of fact I mean you know we're going to heaven and we don't have to go to hell because Jesus paid the price and it was hammered into us and hammered in a good way and different things that was taught us. Hallelujah. Well, if we'd have been taught as much about health and healing and we should have been because it's part of the same program, so batteries included, then we would have been as strong in that area as we have been in knowing that we're redeemed or knowing that we're saved and there's no doubt in our minds whatsoever or hearts that we're not born of His Spirit. We would have known he took it if we'd have been properly taught in some cases. And, and you know, the, I thought about this. You know, the devil has tried to work hard to keep this out of people's thinking or bring in so much error they don't know what to think about, to think about it right. It took, it took the devil 900 and some years to kill Adam. He was so full of life. 
But once that happened, man, things escalated in the, in the, in the area of disease and sickness and on and on I could go uh, because then he got some people established in darkness and established in things and his, him and his demons and fallen angels and different spirit beings and different teachings. You know, all the, un, the heathen back in the Old Testament worshiping rocks and stones and trees and God only knows what all, you know. And not getting anywhere except getting more more, more heresy that damned them and hurt them, things like that. See, the devil's mean. The devil's mean. You need to pay attention to me. This is serious stuff. Back, if I, back in the Old Testament, they, they talked those people into giving their kids up to sacrifice them. But we do the same thing because of lack of knowledge sometimes. We think that our kids have to live like the world. They don't have to live like the world. You don't have to live like the world. Your kids can live strong and live powerful and have longevity and be satisfied and excel us even. We've got to get our thinking changed here. You know, there's a belief system I got thinking about. I told you today, thinking about this. Some belief systems say, well, if I get a good education, I'll make it for sure. Well, now, I'm not against, I'm not anti-education. But when you're thinking like that, you better think again. Well, if I just had enough money, well, you're like the guy running down to the Thorntons buying lotto tickets instead of paying his tithe. What's the difference? You're 7-Eleven casino baby, hot doggy. Come on now. Hitting the jackpot, and then you don't even know how to handle money. It's evident, or you wouldn't be buying lotto tickets. And you, you get a fifty uh, thousand, or a hundred, or a million, or two hundred million, and in a year or two, you're back broke. Coming here asking us for some food. Been proven out. Something had to change internally first. People don't know how to handle stuff. See, see, we, we got to understand, we don't have to live like the world lives. We don't have to think like the world. They got a system of belief, and, you know, the government's going to help. They're going to bail us out. They're not God. They don't have that capacity. I don't care if we had the money, it wouldn't bail us out. And all the money that we need is in the planet right now. Don't worry about it. Get in faith about it. <laughs> Glory be to God. We're in Isaiah 53 here. Look at this again. Uh, verse 4, it says, Surely he hath borne or borne away our sicknesses and diseases, carried our pains, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now here's a couple other translations. The Le Isaac Lesser again, the one that's... Uh, Authorized or was a few years ago by the Orthodox Jewish Church. You know, when people are Orthodox, that means they're real strict. That's <laughs> just what I say. And these people scrutinize people that say this is what it means. And they, they said, this is right. And it, he translated, but only our diseases did he bear himself and our pains he carried. Here's another translation from the basic Bible and basic English. But it was our pain he took and our diseases were put on him. The Masoretic Old Testament, that's a kind of a Hebrew deal, uh, real, you know, you know, high up there, like Isaac Lesser or something. Surely our disease he did bear, and our pains he carried. And then the Rotherham translation, yet surely our sicknesses he carried, and for our pains he bare the burden of them. 
Hallelujah. So again, we're looking at this, that he took those things and he bore them for us. See, when people say, well, I'm just suffering for Jesus and it's, it's in relationship to sickness and disease and pain, that's an injustice. That's like calling God a crooked judge because God is almighty God and he is the righteous judge and he already laid all of that on Jesus. I mean, get a hold of this a little with me. Let me expand your thinking. What would you think of somebody, and I don't know if Timothy McVeigh had any children, you know, the guy that blew up the Oklahoma City bombing. We already executed him, but when his kids gets about 15, we execute them too. Oh, what would you think of that? I mean, even people that hate terrorism would say, they'd get that judge, they'd say, we're going to fire his backside. Somebody would be intervening. They'd have the ACLU down there at the courthouse the next day putting some chains on the judge for being so stupid. His daddy already paid the price. This boy was only two years old when that happened. How many are listening to me? And his son's an offspring of him. Well, we're the offspring of God, and God already laid it on Jesus. Man, get a hold of something here. He bore it for me. Say that. He bore it for me. Say it. He bore it for me. Say it. He bore it for me. Hallelujah. Let your mind and heart and mouth get around that every day. He bore it for me. He bore it away. He took it away. He took it away. He took it away. Hallelujah. Let's go to Matthew 8 here. Oh, my. You're wonderful. (laughs) Matthew 8, 16 and 17. We're looking at some things here. Going to help us tonight. Uh, Matthew eight sixteen seventeen. When the evening was come, this is Matthew, and he's interpreting what Matthew, what uh, Isaiah just we just read. When the evening was come, they brought unto him, unto Jesus, many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, "The reason it's not Isaiah with an I." It's because it's transliterated over like that and translated through the different languages and stuff. But he's talking about Isaiah, the prophet here, saying himself, Jesus himself, took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Well, isn't that saying the same thing? He bore our sicknesses and diseases and carried our pains. Same thing. Here's some more translations a little bit uh, of of that in Matthew here. It says, but he was... uh, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our... And I'm in the wrong passage here. Here we go. Uh, <clears throat> praise the Lord. Where am I at here? I'm looking for some... Oh, it's on that other page here. Let, let me find that a minute here. Yeah. Uh, it says here in the New English Bible, He took away our illnesses and lifted our diseases from us. He took away our illnesses, the translator's New Testament, and carried away... Our disease. You start to get a pattern that everything should, you'd be thinking that's away from me. If it does come, then rebuke it. If it tries to stay, stay with it and say, no, and Jesus, I refuse that. Jesus bore it for me. And if you need to go to the doctor, go. We're not criticizing anybody for medicine or doctor visits. You know, doctors can't heal you anyway. They give you something to treat the symptoms. And like we said the other day, you know, if God wanted you sick, there's no doctor on the planet could make you well. Believe me. All right. The Jerusalem Bible says he took our sicknesses away and carried our diseases, I like this, for us. 
He carried off our diseases. Man, I love that. That's just awesome. So we're seeing here this pattern. Now let's go over to 1 Peter chapter 2. And uh, these three scriptures, Isaiah 53, Matthew 8, 1 Peter chapter 2, these are key scriptures to meditate on, think about constantly, review yourself in those things, and go back over them because it's essential for your healing and health. We're talking about building building a, a, a faith life, a belief system in our hearts by staying in the Word and letting those words begin to build, build like building blocks, building up something like Legos. See? It says, who his own self, 1 Peter 2, 24, who his own self, talking about Jesus, bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we, being dead to sin, should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Notice that. By whose stripes you were healed. Now again, he's not talking in this passage, and many have tried to make it say that, talking about our spirit. Your spirit didn't get healed. Your spirit got reborn. It got recreated. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Hallelujah. When I get healed, I'm not a new creature. I just get healed of whatever it was that tried to, or if I'm walking in health, it just repels all sickness and disease. But I don't become a new creature over that. But my body is part of the system. And so he's telling us here he bore our sins, but he also bore our sicknesses and diseases. And by the stripes, or we would say what the Father laid on him, then because of that, we are healed. Actually, it says, past tense, looking back to Calvary, we were healed. Say, I were healed. <laughs> it's not doesn't sound good English, but you need to get a, It's in the past. You know, this is, I just talked to a good friend of mine the other day, and he said, yeah, and he mentioned a family member. He said, well, God's going to heal me when he gets ready. See, now that person speaking like that's dangerous. If that's a fatal sickness or something that's got some strength in it, he may die thinking that way because that's not the belief system. He, he has to be convinced that Jesus already did that, and the provision for his healing is already in place. He just needs to reach out and receive it. When's he going to receive it? Let me help you. Before he has it. Before he has it. When's he going to receive it? Before he has it. When's he going to have it? After he receives it. This is one of the hardest things to get through to people. This is the secret of faith, at least a part of it. You have to believe that you receive something that you can't feel, that you can't see, that you can't touch physically, that you can't do. It's not in this natural world. Like I can grab a hold of the pulpit or my Bible or something else. I can feel that. If it's food, I can taste it. If it's a smell, I can smell. But I, can, I have to believe I receive something that my senses has no witness that I have. That's faith. <laughs> But if I believe I receive it, then I shall have it. When you're going to have it? After you believed, you received. Now this person's saying, well, I know God's going to heal me in his own good time. Now see, that's totally anti-scriptural what I've been teaching you. He already bore it. Jesus is not coming back to bear anything else. He already did. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, meaning he was done with that part of redemption. He completed... 
He completed what he was sent to do. It's a done deal. It's in the contract. It's in the covenant. It's in the compact. It's in the testament. It's in the program. Batteries included. What's going to change that man's thinking? What's going to change that woman's thinking? What's going to change that? They're going to have to meditate and think and talk and get in the Word and have somebody like me teach this enough to them over and over and you might get frustrated thinking you got it when you realize eventually you don't have it and that's why it's not working. You're going to thank me one day and say, praise God, my pastor taught me what real faith is that I have to believe that I receive to have. And that's not just for healing, it's for everything. Without faith, it is not improbable, not uncertain. It is totally impossible to please God. Doesn't mean people are bad, doesn't mean people don't love the Lord. But they'll still go through life, you know, uh, you know, scrambling around trying to figure it out. Crises to crises, to sickness, to disease, to mental oppression, to temptation they fall to. Until they figure out, they're going to have to believe that they receive the authority and the power to resist. And speak the things and use your faith. And grow up. And be a liability to the church. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Love you very much. I'm trying to help you here. I think I want to go to maybe one more scripture if I got time. I'm going to have to hurry here. Matthew chapter, where do I want to go? Yeah, Matthew chapter 8 again, but we're going to look at a different reference. See, he already did it. I said he already did it. He already did it. Yeah, but I don't feel healed. Well, well, wait a minute now. Remember, we're talking about faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen, we could say not felt at first. I'm adding that at first. But uh, it's scriptural. <clears throat> but if you believe, you will see it. And what are we building our faith on? The Word of God. He already did it. He already took it. He already did what He's supposed to do. And it's laid to our account. And it's up to us by faith to lay hold on. I'll take my healing, thank you. It's mine. Now, here in Matthew 8, we're talking about the will of God and healing, things like that. And so he says here, uh, verse 1, 2, and 3, And when he was come down from the mountain, Matthew 8, 1, great multitudes followed him. Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, a sick person, cancer of that day, saying, Lord, if thou will... You can make me clean. Jesus put forth his hand, touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. I'm going to read you a couple translations, and then I'm going to minister to you real quickly here. Uh, the one translation says, uh, Lord, if it's your pleasure, you have the power to make me clean. He put his hand on him and saying, it is my pleasure. Be clean. One translation says, I will it be cleansed one translation says the knocks it is my will it is my will it is my will it is my will I don't know about you I just know about me I know a month ago I just seemed like I was in a funk I don't know if you understand that or not just a funk I said I am not staying here I don't mean staying here at this I mean in this funk and I started dealing with me and praying and dealing with some things in the Spirit. Praise God, I'm on the other side. I'm moving in that more and more now. 
It is my will. We're talking about healing tonight, though. Uh, the Fenton translation says, and the Weymouth boasts, I am willing. See, you've got to settle it. It's God's will for you to be well. God wants you well. God paid the price for you to be well. One translation says, I am desiring it from all my heart. Jesus responding back to this man. I'm desiring it with all my heart. There's a lot of people kind of in that, 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 that mindset. I know you could, Lord. I know you're big enough, but I don't know if you will. And he's saying, I desire with all my heart. And last and not least, the authentic translation, he says, I will, I do will it. I do will it. That's what the man asked him. If sure will, I could be. He said, I do will it. Now, I preach kind of a strong message, I know, but you need to catch hold of these scriptures. Let them be something you're feeding into your spirit day in and day out, as often as it takes, as much as it takes. Hallelujah. I, I'm, a, I'm a guy that's after God. I, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I make mistakes. I have. I'm not planning on it, but I'm, if I do, I repent. But I mean, I, I, put, I got stuff in my ears and stuff on the TV and stuff in my players to feed my faith constantly. You could ask my wife or my kids or people that are around me much. They know that. I carry stuff with me if I have to because I, I want stuff feeding into my system that's going to help me get established. Amen. Thank God for this technology we have. It's not to be, you know, on Facebook and Twitter and saying I ate two pieces of pan pizza. We don't give a rip what you did. <laughs> Come on, folks. Make your life a little more exciting than talking to somebody about when you went to the restroom or something. Come on. <laughs> Use the technology to put something in you that's going to give you life, give you health, give you power, give you dominion. You know, if you've got time for the pizza stuff and I took a shower 10 minutes ago and washed the left side of my body 10 times, that's fine. But you make sure you can believe God with me. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, let's stand up. I got, I got 809, 809 on the back. I don't know. My, my watch is set to my clock, which is satellite time. So I should be about right. And if